You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us once again today is Carl Gunzer, the director of the Sporting Dog Group for Purina Pro Plan. Carl, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here. How are you today? I am awesome. It's always great to have you on. Just, you know, you have such a wealth of knowledge of the, not only the Ducks Unlimited and Purina partnership, but also, you know, 25 years of field trial dog training experience that you bring to the show. And, you know, even before we got on air, I was kind of asking some some random questions just to get this rolling. And it's just, you know, it's just exciting for me that I can pretty much ask anything up and down the board from as far as training, field trials, hunt tests, nutrition, and you can knock it out of the park. So um, we'll go ahead and and start this off. Um, with the DU Purina partnership, because it's so important for Ducks Unlimited. You know, it's just such a great partnership that we've had for several, several years. And I just wanted you to provide everyone with kind of an update and a little overview of, of how that partnership is going and how it's beneficial for both. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's near and dear to our heart for sure. And, uh, you know, we just finished up um, with the Ducks Unlimited Expo, the DU Expo, and, you know, we we're the presenting sponsor of that. And, um, that's such a fun time to really get to engage with your members and visit with people in person. You know, so often it's hard to reach all the, the members and you try to do stuff in the magazines and, and advertising and all that. But really getting to events, seeing people is, uh, is really fun. It's, it's, it's a good time to engage with the members. Um, you know, we'd love to support every, every DU banquet out there, but you know, you guys have so many of them. It's impossible to, uh, to reach all the members, but, you know, we, we try and support the state conventions, um, 
that's, you know, a lot of your key volunteers are at that. You know, we, we generally do something at the, at the uh, annual DU convention. I think that's coming up in uh, a couple months in uh, New Orleans. But yeah, you know, we're since 2015, um, Pro Plan has been a, uh, you know, a proud partner. That's kind of our, our corporate partnership. It starts with a corporate donation um, every year. But then, uh, you know, we really like um, supporting DU's conservation mission too. You know, I think, uh, you know, Tarina is a big company and um, we have to source our ingredients responsibly and sustainably. So, uh, you know, we've partnered with DU on some great um, initiatives like the Rice Stewardship Partnership, the uh, Living Lakes Initiatives in Minnesota and Iowa. So it's really a, a great partnership across many levels. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, we kind of, you know, we have that information in the magazine and we promote it online and things like that. But the information about how you guys are actually, you know, not only involved where people see you like at the expo and at, you know, in the magazine and and a part of DUTV and things like that, but also, you know, you guys are actually supporting, you know, that that dirt work and within some of these some of these conservation initiatives. And I think that's sometimes people miss that. Some people in our audience may just not really recognize how important, you know, partnerships like this are as far as actually putting conservation, actually putting habitat on the ground through our wetlands conservation efforts. So I definitely, I know I do, I know everyone around here definitely applauds Purina for that support. And uh, it's just such a beneficial relationship for everyone. Yeah, we, we feel the same way. Like ducks, you know, we like rice, you know, we use rice in a lot of our formulas and, uh, and rice is good duck habitat and uh you know making sure those initiatives and practices are sustainable and benefit everyone is really important well you know that kind of just leads us perfectly into recently uh we you guys launched the actual pro plan ducks unlimited branded products can we go ahead and just kind of run through a list of those yeah yeah it was was pretty fun so you know our uh our sport 3020 uh that's kind of the the staple in our uh, pro plan line that most um, hunters competitors trainers feed you know it's a higher protein fat it promotes uh, endurance and um, lean muscle mass just kind of good for active dogs and we came out with three different um, novel protein formulas that we put the du logo on so um, one was a beef and bison uh, salmon and cod and then the fun one the turkey duck and quail or turducken uh, formula but um, you know, they're, they're very similarly, uh, very similar nutriently to, uh, the regular sport 3020. But, um, you know, we find a lot of people, um, you know, some dogs go through their life and they're happy eating sport 3020 chicken their, their whole life and they could care less. Others, you know, they like a change. They like something different, just kind of like owners, you know, and, and so, uh, having these varieties, um, gives a little different taste, different flavor, some novel proteins. Maybe if a dog has an allergy to something, they can try one of these novel protein formulas. But, um, um, you know, the main thing is it's similar to uh, our Sport 3020 as far as um, the amount of calories uh, and the way the dogs will do on it. No, I mean, I, I just had a personal story just thinking about that when you said it. I We went on an RV trip recently, and uh, and I, I left our dog food at home. And so I had to go and buy dog food on the road. And I switched to the – it's a lamb and rice pro plan 
for an ad- adult dogs. My dog's 13. She hasn't hunted in two years. She can barely walk. You know, she's just, and so I, so I switched to that and all it was, was a switch of the flavor, you know, just, uh, they didn't have, you know, I think she was on a chicken or maybe, I don't know which one it was. I can't remember. But then we switched to this lamb and rice meal for adult dogs. And man, she's just like reinvigorated herself, I guess, as far as eating. She, I think maybe just changing it up a little bit, like you'd mentioned there, like just changing up that, that formula just a little bit has really got her a little, little pet in her step right now so it's good to see absolutely yeah a lot of dogs like kind of appreciate the change you know i, I think sometimes i i never thought about it much when i was training and you had a, a bunch of dogs you just wanted to feed the same thing you didn't want to take a chance mm-hmm. to try something different you know you just want to do the same thing every day but yeah i think they probably do get a little bit bored once in a while with the same uh same taste same flavor and like i said they're close enough in formulations i'd probably you know, still transition over a few days, but honestly, with the same, you know, protein and fat levels, odds are you could switch with no interruption, no upset or anything. Yeah. Um, oh, fun fact, uh, the dog on the bag, um, the DU bag is uh, a wild rose dog named Gamble. I think. Really? Uh, yeah. So wild rose used to have, you know, Deke and Drake were oh, the, yeah. the DU dogs and and all that, and that's uh, Gamble is on the back. He's really a beautiful dog. I wonder if Gamble could potentially be a descendant of Deke. He might be. He might be, yeah. There was a few around that. And, uh, it's probably Deke's probably a little old for that, but uh, that looks like a younger dog on there. Uh, Deke, Deke yeah. might be a little too old for that that kind of action. Legend Legend is the latest, youngest one. I think he's, uh, you know, Deke's son is Legend, so I think there was Drake and then Deke, and now Legend, so... Uh, Wild Rose uh, DU dog history. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll have to get Mike Stewart on here to talk about that. And that's, you know, like when talking about changing dog foods, that always, you know, reminds me uh, when Mike, we had Mike on here and he's talking about changing anything whatsoever. Um, you know, he's a big proponent, kind of like you. Uh, you know, as a field trial guy, you know, you're feeding them the same thing because you're feeding so many dogs. Um, but also he, he's very conscious of the way that people do change dog foods. And, um, you know, that transition period is important. And that's, you know, one thing that shocked me when I changed my dog's food, um, that those formulas must have been so close enough that, man, it was just really kind of a flavor deal for her and, and it didn't have any impact whatsoever. So that was kind of cool. I was happy to see that. It, it generally doesn't, um, you know, if you stay within like full plan or something, but uh, I'd hate to say that it never does. And then somebody switches and, you know, their dog is just super sensitive and it, it upsets them or something. But uh, then you'll get a nasty email from someone yeah, that's listener right. of the that's right. DU podcast. <laughs> so, you know, let's transition here a little bit to, you know, your history as a, a field trial trainer. Um, you know, and I know we've done it a lot since the last time you were on, we kind of did the same thing, but, but kind of to toot your horn. Um, can you give us a little background of, of your history as a, a field trial? I know you've, you know, you've trained some really, really great dogs, but just kind of give our listeners, just in case we've got some new people listening, just your kind of background as a trainer. Yeah, sure. So, um, I trained field trial dogs for a little over 20 years and, um, you know, I learned from some great trainers and I think that's really important if people are like wanting to start training or get into training, you know, and it's, uh, it's kind of like a mentorship. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people start and they kind of do it themselves the whole time. I was really fortunate to, to start off training with a, a guy named Jim Dobbs from California. Um, he worked for, you know, Tritronics for a long time. Helped, he wrote the book, the Tritronics book on um, retriever training. And uh, I worked for Jim for three years, learned a lot, went on my own left, started my own business. And uh, after about three years on my own, I realized, you know, I still had more to learn. 
And um, I went back to work for a, uh, a guy named Don Romain in Montana. And Don really helped, you know, kind of take my training to the next level. Don was a successful, um, you know, all-age field trial trainer. He's the one that, you know, he didn't win the – well, actually, Lean Mack didn't win the National Open. Um, Lean Mack, who's a pretty famous dog, won the National Amateur when Don was still training and before he went to Mike Lardian. So Don was a very – he was a great – a uh, very accomplished trainer and a, and a super mentor. Um, he's probably one of the best coaches I ever had, like a tough coach, but a good coach. So I worked for Dawn for, for three years and then went on my own a second time. Um, and I had my own business for, I think, about 12 years before um, coming to Purina. But, um, but yeah, I kind of did the field trial thing. I was in Montana in the summer, um, Texas in the winter, and kind of back and forth in between, which is which is right now where all those guys are. You know, this is the time of year, um, you know, April, May, where all the trainers are in the middle of their move. You know, this weekend, uh, the River King field trial is going on just outside of St. Louis. And, you know, the guys that live in the south, they're going north for the summer. And the guys that, uh, you know, live up north are going home. So it's a big transition time. And it's that time, you know, we're, uh, we're just a few weeks away from the National Amateur. You know, it starts in, in mid-June. So a lot of people are trying to get dogs qualified for the national amateur. Um, I mean, this is definitely peak field trial season if there ever was one right now. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that move, how these guys are moving with all of these dogs. How many dogs were you moving when you would go from Texas to Montana? Like how many dogs were you traveling with? Yeah, it depended. You know, for a few years I had an assistant. um, And when we had uh, an assistant, so it was my wife and myself and an assistant, we'd have around 35 or 36 dogs. If it was just my wife and I, it was typically 24 dogs. And that would be a broad range. You know, you'd have everything from a a six-month-old dog kind of doing what we'd call basics, kind of uh, learning all of the fundamentals of the work to, you know, all-age competitors to, you know, eight, nine-year-old dogs. Some dogs stay with pros year-round, but a lot of dogs will you know, if the owner lives up north, they might send the dog south for the winter. And so the dog gets trained and competed in, in the winter in the southern states or vice versa. If uh, if a dog owner lives in Texas, well, they might want to send their dog to, to Montana for the summer. So the dog is trained when it's too hot in Texas. So, so yeah, it's kind of dogs move all, over, all across the country. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. 
We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation, united by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. Now is, you know, just kind of staying on that travel aspect because I'm always interested in that because luckily I've always had dogs who traveled well. I mean, they, but I've had, mm-hmm. I've had some buddies who have had some dogs who do not travel well. They get anxiety, weird things, you know, they start acting a little different. Something's weird about that. How much is that kind of traveling a really part of the training for a field trial dog? Well, Chris, that's a, a great thing to talk about. So, um, I had, I had one dog that was really, really nice. I mean, she was a super dog and I, I think could have been a field trial champion. Um, she got a second, you know, as a three-year-old or a four-year-old, you know, like fairly young. She trained really nice little dog from Montana named Sage. Anyway, um, she was a terrible traveler and I figured it out. You know, a lot of time you drive to the field trial the night before, get settled in and then run the field trial the next day. And one day there was a trial in Butte, which is about two hours from Ronan, and I uh, decided to go over the morning of, and I got there and let the dogs off the truck to, you know, do a little airing before the trial started, and Sage was just wiped out. She was absolutely wore out, and we wondered why she was losing a little hair on the side of her head and things like that. Well, she traveled so poorly, she would spin in the crate, and she would just beat herself up, and it was it was really unfortunate. We tried we would let her ride in the back of the truck, in our laps. We tried medicating her with different, you know, um, acepromazine, different things, which is, it's really unfortunate. But, uh, so I think it's a great thing for people to teach their dog young. And I really encourage anybody that, that has a young dog or a puppy, A is crate train it and, and B is travel train it, you know, put it in a crate, take it for a drive around the block and then stop, you know I mean? Don't make its first road trip, you know, <laughs> twelve hour grind miles yeah. if you can afford it. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, probably like kids, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's really important that they learn to uh, to ride. And I guess like some people that get car sick, some dogs just have a terrible time. And and we did have dogs that you know went on to have a career with us that never traveled well. You know, you'd have to. They basically got car sick or truck sick. You'd stop, you know, every couple hours and let out, let them out, and they would. They would ultimately get diarrhea most of the trips, you know, so you, you, instead of the normal dogs that you can let out every, you know, I typically about every time you get gas, you know, you'd let the dogs out and uh, some of these dogs that didn't travel well, you'd have to do it every hour or two is stop and let them out real quick and make sure they were doing okay. So yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. I mean, it just, I'm obviously I'm not as familiar with the field trial and the, that whole process, but it just made me think, man, traveling can be, can be tough on these dogs. And, and, you know, that's, a, that's actually a really easy and, and it didn't, I didn't intend for it to go this way. Um, but you know, Purina has some calming care products that, um, you know, if you can talk about those a little bit that I know Mike Stewart mentioned that he uses some different products to, uh, with a couple of his dogs when he's traveling long distances and, and kind of starts them on that a little bit early, maybe a couple of days before the trip. Can you kind of talk about some of those? Sure. So, um, and so common care kind of came out after I was done my career as a field trial pro, but, um, the first product that I became familiar with was called Fortiflora and it's a probiotic that, um, just helps. I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works or what it does, but I can tell you it 
It's beneficial bacteria and it improves gut health. And so really, for me, it reduces diarrhea and stress diarrhea and that type of thing. When when I would do the trip from Montana to Texas every year, so it's a 2,000 mile drive and we'd do it in about three days, three and a half days. You know, ultimately, you'd always have a few dogs get sick and get diarrhea on the trip. And when Fortiflora came out, I started using it a couple days before the trip and would keep the dogs on it for the drive. And then, you know, a day or two. So they would be on Fortiflora for about a week. And I'll tell you, it really helped them travel. I had fewer dogs that would get sick. They would eat their food because a lot of dogs, once you get traveling, might not want to eat as well. And, um, you know, because travel is not restful for a dog. I mean, the, the whole process is stressful, bouncing down the road and all that. Um, it's probably a little better in the backseat of a car, but, you know, when you're in a, a dog truck or the back of a pickup truck, something like that, um, it's hard on them. So so I really found that the Florida Flora helped. I had fewer dogs sick or get diarrhea on the trip. Um, calming care is really one that needs to be given all the time to help reduce um, anxiety in dogs. And um, it is also a, a probiotic, and it kind of functions on the gut-brain axis. There's a nerve that actually goes from the gut to the brain, and it really helps. Results vary in different dogs, and it depends on the behavior, but it's not going to cure a gun-shy dog. But dogs that get upset about thunderstorms, there's lots of instances that people put their dogs on calming care, and they notice the dog was, you know, less affected by thunderstorms, less anxious, you know, less, uh, just fewer of those anxiety-ridden behaviors, you know, um, being home alone, left in a kennel, all those kind of things. So it's not a drug, which is the good thing. It doesn't uh, reduce the dog's alertness. So like if you're competing with a dog, it's not going to affect the dog. Like if you were to put them on um, an anti-anxiety drug, that affects, you know, their brain function. This doesn't do that. So um, it's definitely worth trying if you have a dog that, you know, is thunderphobic or hyper or, you know, uh, separation anxiety, those types of things. I mean, there's a lot of dog owners out there who, who face a lot of those issues and, and, just for them to know that there's something out there to help them, you know, may, may really, you know, you'd be eye for some people out there. Um, you know, as, as far as, you know, just field trials in general, and, and I don't want to get too much field trial training. Um, I don't want to get too in the weeds because I know we could, we could probably get super, you know, in the weeds with this, but you know, just for someone, I guess this question is probably the answer is probably for someone who may be thinking about, man, I think I'm going to take the next step and I want to get into being, you know, a field trial trainer. What would you say are really like the basic fundamentals that someone should know before they try and kick off a career as a field trial trainer? Wow, that's a good question. So, um, you know, there's there's different levels uh, or different competitions, I should say, in different areas where professionals can focus. So you have, you have some professionals that focus on gun dogs, and um, that's their that's their niche, that's their focus, that's what they do. That's really nice in that you can pretty much stay at home with that career. You know, you don't have to travel too much. You know, there's some gun dog trainers that'll take a, a trip in the summer or winter, depending on whether they're a northerner, you know, where they live. But in most standard gun dog training, even if it's hot, you know, you can work the dogs on short things. You know, there's things you can do to mitigate heat. Um, even if it's cold, you can do quick sessions or work inside. So there's ways as a gun dog trainer that you can you can live in one location. If you run hunt tests, there's a you know fewer of them in the south in the summer and fewer in the north in the winter. But you could probably run enough events that you don't have to you know have a summer trip or a winter trip or have two locations to operate from. 
Um, if you're a field trial trainer and going to do field trials, you almost have to have a winter and a summer location. Um, you know, the events, in order to run enough events, if you want to try and qualify dogs for the national, you know, there just aren't enough events in the south to only run in the winter or there's not enough events in the north to only run in the summer. And and really, you know, to train year-round for um, major competitions, you really need um, you really need good grounds and, and decent weather to train in. So that's sort of, you know, when you're competitive one against the other, you know, there's the quality of the dog, there's the quality of the trainer, but there's also the quality of the training ground. And you can't, uh, you can't have, do great training on marginal grounds. Or if it's, you know, if you got a foot of snow, you can't just, uh, you know, you can't train. So it's really important someone's thinking about training. If you want a field trial train, you know, you're going to travel. You're going to have that winter trip or summer trip. Uh, it's a lot of travel to events. You know, I used to run um, pretty much 24 trials a year, but then you'd be gone for two weeks at the National Open, you know, a week ahead to train and then the week of the event. Um, and then you've got the two weeks for the National Amateur, a week of training ahead of the event and then a week of, you know, training during the event. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of time on the road. It's, um, it's definitely a lifestyle as opposed to an occupation. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. And what, one question on that, what you were saying, like when you say, you know, good training grounds, like what would you consider like a good training grounds? Are you talking like, you know, a couple acres of open fields with a transition to water and, you know, uh, what, it, what would that kind of look like? Absolutely. So it's, Different in sort of different areas, but um, varying terrain. So, um, you know, I think about, uh, you know, I mostly was out west and down south in Texas. So you had big open landscapes, you know, in Montana. You, you could easily run, you know, four or 500 yards for a, a marked retrieve or blind at a long distance. Some areas were flat, some were hilly, some were different types of terrain. So, you know, some would be naturally manicured grass, but others could be cattails or sagebrush. Um, you know, I used to go run trials in, uh, well, they used to have some in Nevada. I think it started again, but it was all running through sagebrush. And if you didn't train in sagebrush, if your dog had no exposure to sagebrush, they would go out there and get completely lost. And, and the local dogs would, you know, eat it up. So, so you'd have to vary your grounds on where you train to prepare the dog for the event. So, Again, you know, like Montana, big, wide open landscapes. And then before the national, if it was in, let's say, Vermont or New York or, or even uh, uh, Michigan, much smaller fields, more trees, um, more tree line type marks. So a really a different, um, a different look for the dog. So, um, and then, and water's the same way. So sometimes you want looks at big water. So, uh, like you'd use a small piece of a big lake. And then other times you want small pieces of what they call technical water, where there's lots of land water interfaces where the dog, you know, can do re-entries over spits and islands and points. And um, it's kind of a little more technical training type water. So, um, yeah, the dogs to be competitive, they need exposure to all of that type of different stuff. So just just diverse landscapes for these dogs to be familiar. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, did, I never had, uh, I never got to hunt flooded timber or train in flooded timber for most years. And, um, then I started getting some invites to go hunting in flooded timber. And I mean, that's another one. totally different thing, um, that a dog needs to learn, you know, to be on a, a stand on a tree and, you know, it's just a, 
a different environment. So I think that exposure to all those types of things is, is critical for the dogs. Yeah. I know lots of dogs who are really good dogs, but can't hunt flooded timber and they're just mm-hmm. pretty much left at home because, you know, right. it, it, it's just, they can't see and they're not familiar and it's just a disaster for some of them. Sometimes it's, it's interesting to see these really, really great dogs not be able to perform in timber. And, and a lot of that is just, you know, the, the, the trainer or the owner, um, never really planned on hunting them in that. And when you take a dog and just throw them into a different habitat like that, um, it can, it can spell disaster if they're not familiar with it. Absolutely. You know, and, um, Duck blinds is another thing that, you know, like a field trial dog is never really taught to hunt out of a duck blind or what that's like. You know, if you think about it, um, you know, depending on the situation, but in a lot of duck blinds, a dog has uh, maybe a 180 degree view. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, maybe, right? And the birds <laughs> are shot in every direction. So um, the dogs really have to learn, you know, a lot of those are blind retrieves, but the dogs are savvy. I mean, they learn to listen for the splash of of the ducks hitting the water and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's really unique. And I, I do want to say too, though, that, you know, there was, there's this misnomer that, you know, field trial dogs are too amped up to be good hunting dogs. They whine and they're too, too much anxiety. And, uh, while I won't say that none of them are that way, I've hunted over some field champions that were just awesome, you know, in the blind, quiet, calm, easygoing. Um, likewise, I've, I've hunted over dogs that had, no credentials and some are good and some are terrible, you know? So I think it really just depends on the exposure and the dog. And, um, you know, I think, uh, if you look at a lot of the quality hunting dogs, even the quality hunt test dogs, those dogs come from field trial bloodlines typically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, after, you know, 25 plus years of, of being a field trial trainer, what would you say to your younger self, like when you were first getting started, what, what would be the one piece of advice that you would tell yourself that, that someone who may be interested in getting into it could, could really use that kind of sage advice? Wow. That's like a trick question. I don't know. Um, I guess, uh, I'll, I'll say my view on life is, is I, I try and, and plan and set goals and, and go for things, but then adjust as uh, as opportunities and needs arise, you know, so I'm always open-minded to things. I never would have thought I would have ended up at Purina, you know, I just wouldn't have imagined that, um, but I love what I do now. I loved, you know, training dogs when I did that as well, um, and I still mess around training dogs. I've actually got, um, I've had a couple border collies lately, and I've been playing with some sheepdog trials and, and doing something different just because I always love to learn new things with dogs. But, um, you know, I was talking to my wife yesterday about the natural evolution of trainers and it's really fun to watch, you know, and, and the, the younger trainers, they come out and they want to win. They want to title dogs, whether it's hunt tests or field trials and, and kind of prove their ability. And it's human nature. It's a competitive sport. Um, and then you watch this transition as people are in the game longer and longer. It becomes more important, um, that they see success with their amateurs, um, that the the real joy, the greatest accomplishment is not just seeing the dog that you trained go do well, but actually seeing someone that you trained go do well. And um, it's kind of, I think it's the steps like that, you know, you go through as a hunter as well. I mean, if you start hunting, you know, you kind of go from that um, wanting to, you know, shoot and kill to uh, really more enjoying the hunt. And then later in life, you enjoy passing it along, you know, and uh, I think, I, I think that's a, a great, transition for people it's a great um curve uh and that's when people really give back you know there's 
the old saying, you know, there's givers and takers in this world. And, and the longer people stay in something, the more they become a giver typically. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. We talk about that a lot here, even on the DU podcast is that transition from the younger hunter, um, who's really out there to fill, you know, to put ducks on the strap. And you, yep. as you get older, you progress through that. And then there's a lot of guys who are just going to go um, and enjoy the kind of the camaraderie and the the birds and the blind. And, and there's just so much more to it as you get older and, and you kind of transition into that giving backstage, I guess. And that's, that's a big part of DU. So we, that's a, absolutely that's a pretty, pretty strong message. We just got out yeah. there, kind of circle, circle of life. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And then there's the dog. That's what makes it fun. You know, I, and uh, I don't even, you know, I don't think if somebody said, hey, you want to go hunting, but we can't take a dog or whatever, I, I, you know, I'd think, yeah, you know, I, I don't need to shoot anything that bad that I can't take a dog, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that, there's a lot of people like that. And, you know, it's kind of, even just personally, it's been, been kind of killing me the last couple of years not having a dog to hunt with. We need to fix that. I know, yeah. I know. My wife's saying the same thing, so I hope, hope you don't have her number to call her and she'll <laughs> she'll find a way to get a dog pretty quick. Um, fortunate, right. Fortunately, there's a couple guys who I hunt with all the time who have some really good dogs who, uh, you know, who kind of fill that void. And I've, I've enjoyed their company, you know, almost as much as I enjoy just having my dog around. So that's, uh, that's kind of helped, helped, helped it out, helped me stay, you know, just a, c- a couple more years before I get another one. But well, I think right. the time might be coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carl, this has been fantastic. It's been a great conversation. Um, I think we, we really got to highlight, you know, the benefits of the partnership between Purina and Ducks Unlimited, um, but also got to got to chit chat about some field trials, some training information, and yeah. and maybe maybe even steered some uh, some some wannabe field field trial trainers in that direction, or steered them away one way or the other. I'm not sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I do appreciate. Yep, I appreciate you coming on. This is this is fantastic, and we'll have to get you back on again sometime soon. Anytime, Chris. I, I enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for all you do. Uh, and the DU team, you know, I know uh, so often it doesn't go unsaid, but uh, it's a passion for you guys too. And nobody that's working at DU is doing it for the for the paycheck they're doing because they they love what they do. They love the ducks, giving back, conservation, and um, so uh, so thanks to you and, and the DU team. Absolutely, thank you, Carl. All right, well, have a great day. Thanks, Chris. I'd like to thank my guest, Carl Gunzer, the director of Sporting Dog Group for Purina Pro Plan. I'd also like to thank our producer, Chris Isaac, for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.
Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 